0: Welcome to Stay Gold, and Outsiders podcast. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I am joined as always by...
1: Esme Mulberry.
0: We are watching the 2005 release of The Outsiders, the complete novel by Francis Ford Coppola. His uh, reimagining of his 1983 film, The Outsiders, but we're doing it five minutes at a time. We have made it to the 70 minute mark. So today we're going to be looking at minute 70 to minute 75. Um, But before we jump into that, uh, can you remind us where we've been in a little segment we call Previously on Stay Gold?
1: Okay. In the last five minutes, um, we see Ponyboy, Johnny, and Dally are rushed to the hospital after the fire at the church. Ponyboy Boy is reunited with his brothers, and then we see the next morning when they're at the Curtis house, and all the gang, minus Johnny Dally, are there. And we learn a lot about kind of like what's happening from the paper because the story's there. And then they have a breakfast of eggs, chocolate cake, and beer. And we are ending when they're starting to watch some Disney cartoons on TV.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess, I mean, I'm the one who wrote that summary. We actually don't see anyone eat eggs. I realize yeah. we see somebody try to cook eggs. We see chocolate cake being eaten. We see beer being drunk. We see but
1: chocolate cake being eaten by one person. We
0: see beer being drunk by one person, too, though, yeah. to be fair.
1: They don't... I guess, like, you don't really see all of them eat breakfast, which in a way kind of bothers me of, like...
0: They're not sitting down to a yeah. family breakfast. No, but yeah. it's like I actually they, were would clearly, love that scene.
1: they were clearly going to. Yeah. At some point because he was making eggs and then it well, just. Well, was like, he making eggs happen. for
0: himself, though?
1: I guess, yeah. He might have just Yeah. Because he was himself. just making
0: two eggs. Yeah. So it seems like Pony got cheated out of a breakfast.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. In the book, it's like they all sit down and eat together. And I liked so much that I would have of, like, really liked to see yeah, like that. They, yeah, they like all sit down and have a conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: really nice.
0: <laughs> so this is really what you're listening here for, is us breaking down the breakfast. And we're going to talk more about breakfast a little oh, yeah. bit. Because uh, there's one other, one other piece that shows up here in this five minutes. But all right, let's jump into the summary. Uh, uh, we see... Uh, as Steve and 2-Bit and Soda Pop are watching the Mickey Mouse cartoons uh Derry had had in the last five had called Pony Boy back inside because Day wants to talk to him, and Derry asks him if he should take the day off of work in order to to be there for him because remember he's was it wasn't until l- presumably kind of late-ish last night. That uh, they reunited, so Derry's a little unsure about uh, whether he should go to work. Ponyboy points that it's out that it's okay, and that they really can't afford for Derry mm-hmm. to take the day off. I like that yeah. little detail. Is that is that it? The book um, I'm so trying to remember So in the
1: movie, he says we can't afford that, and in the book, he says you can't afford to take a day off. So like, it feels a little different. Mm-hmm. Just oh, absolutely. The mean- That's yeah, a the huge meaning behind yeah. that is different. But it's there. I feel like the movie they're trying to make it seem a lot more like they don't have money, they can't afford a day off. And in the book, it's like, yeah, he can't take a day off work
0: because he might lose his job. Yeah, right? yeah it feels more yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a, a it's a it's funny how different like changing one word changes the way yeah. you read that you read that sentence. Yeah. Um. And then Derry's really like, ah, but maybe I should. And Two Bit jumps in and says that he's happy to babysit. Uh, and at the word babysit, uh, Pony Boy <laughs> kind of slaps uh, Two Bit upside the head, and then they uh, progress into a wrestling match um, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they wrestle, Steve is telling Soda that they need to go to work. Um, two, get, two Bit gets Pony Boy to the ground and in sort of a two handed headlock. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I like about this scene is I just mentioned that that Steve was talking to Pony Boy, and, and, and this is probably the mark of, of where you're seeing like Coppola as a good filmmaker is there is there are three conversations happening. Yeah. So there's this wrestling match happening, mm-hmm. which I'm calling a conversation because they do talk to each other, and yeah. that's what you're looking at. At the same time you hear Steve talking to Soda about needing to go to work. Yeah. And they seem uninvolved in what's happening be- physically between them in this wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And then Derry pops in and, and, and is talking like an adult to them as well. So like Yeah. Which which doesn't sound like that should be a big deal because that feels like how life is. But if you pay attention to movies, that's not always pulled off very well yeah. and this is it's 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 funny because when i take notes on these moments i notice them because it's really hard to be like well actually do i write the notes in sequence or do i try to like clean it up but but this yeah. is this is one of those moments where all this stuff is happening simultaneously so two-bit has pony boy on the ground in this headlock and pony says i gotta quit smoking or i won't make track next year mm-hmm. um and is this this is the first mention of sp- uh, pony boy as a track runner right yeah
1: in the book this is also the first mention
0: it is okay yeah
1: even in the book he's like oh yeah i forgot to mention like i'm in track and like really good at it yeah
0: yeah he's like a track star in the yeah. same way Derry was kind of a football star uh pony is a, a burgeoning a burgeoning track star um so two-bit threatens to cut off pony boy's heir if he doesn't say uncle uh and then dairy uh starts to he- he- excuse me dairy starts to head out and tells them to do the do the dishes and then he tells two bit uh, lay off a pony boy he doesn't look so good yeah um so i like that that before he's like please stop choking my brother out who was in the hospital yesterday mm-hmm. and has been gone for a week uh before that it's like make sure to do the dishes
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so so again that's where you get sort of these cross conversation kind of yeah. things happening which i really like this um and then, uh, Derry says to Pony Boy, he says, if you smoke more than a pack today, I'll skin you. You understand? Yeah. Which is interesting because, again, Pony Boy is 14.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He like turned 14 last month.
0: Just recently 14. Yeah. So he's telling his just recently 14 year old brother, not, hey, you need to stop smoking, but if you smoke more than a pack today. <laughs> yeah. Now, a pack of cigarettes is a lot to smoke yeah. in a day. I mean, like like heavy smokers will go through sometimes multiple packs a day. But, um, but a pack of cigarettes is is a not insignificant yeah. amount. So he's it's not like he's saying quit smoking. He's saying you need to really curb what you're doing, which which speaks to how much Pony Boy actually smokes.
1: Yeah, he smokes a lot because there's a point in the book where the timeout time out in the church. Like the day Dally comes, he smokes like an entire pack and also didn't eat anything the whole day. And it's like, ooh, that's not good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Pony Boy um, kind of pushes back and uh, he says that uh, if Dairy carries more than one bundle of roofing at a time, he and Soda Pop will skin Dairy alive. <laughs> um, which this is something that comes from the book. Um, yeah. And it speaks to, we haven't really talked a lot about Dairy. Um, and I I think we get more of this in the book. But Derry's job—he's a roofer.
1: Yeah, he he also says that they work. He works two jobs, but they don't say what the other one is. I don't think. Okay. I think they only talk about him roofing houses, but he works another job too.
0: Yeah, but I mean, so so this is all, and it it this moment tells you something about Derry too. It tells you that Derry is a hard worker. Yeah. But he's also um sometimes maybe works does tries to do too much and yeah. and and here's where you see pony boy and you know by proxy soda pop as well like also taking on a parental role for dairy to be like dairy you think you're the grown up and you know all this stuff but like but remember like you're actually not superman and if you get hurt this is all over for us if you yeah. can't work we are going to go to a boys home so there's a lot sort of loaded in that moment that I feel like is really, is, is much heavier in the book. And I like the way that with this screenplay, they don't stop and lay all of that out. But it's mm-hmm. it's, there. it's there. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like that stuff. Um, now, another, I think, very funny moment is as Derry's as le- starting to leave, uh, Steve reminds Soda Pop that he needs to wear shoes to work. Because <laughs> Soda's standing there and he's now dressed, but he's like, Soda Pop shoes. <laughs> and he runs out of the room to go get shoes.
1: And he's like about to leave yeah. too. Yeah. There's also a part in the book too where Ponyboy talks about how like Soda Pop always walks around their house without shoes on. Mm-hmm. And I like that then they put that in of this tiny like yeah, he's not wearing shoes.
0: Well, that he's a little absent-minded. He's a yeah. little ditzy, I think mm-hmm. is, you know, and and that's and and Soda has alluded to that already right in the really early in the movie he talks about like he dropped out of school because he was dumb yeah right and he's just like i you know his his head sort of in the clouds a little bit Mm -hmm. clearly um now right after this there is a um an interesting it's not that interesting but but um you get a shot of the three of them leaving the house this exterior shot so Mm -hmm. you could just stay in the room but they 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 have this moment to watch the three of them leaving before we cut back to Ponyboy and 2-Bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so as they leave, Ponyboy starts to clean up the house and he says, cops and reporters will come by. Besides, it's time the people from the state to come and check on us. So Ponyboy is snapping into kind of responsibility uh, responsibility mode. Um, now, here's where we'll talk about breakfast a little more. As we watch this, and I didn't notice this until this rewatch this morning, uh, Ponyboy has a rather large bowl filled with biscuits that look really good yeah but it's really strange because we've seen nobody eating biscuits we know that they're in the book their breakfast is eggs and chocolate cake we've already established eggs and chocolate cake i don't know where these biscuits come from
1: and like it's just so weird because clearly someone made them because they're sitting out and he's putting them away so it's not like they've just been sitting there and then it also looks like a full thing of biscuits. Like yeah. it does not look like someone made some and then ate like half of them. It looks it's like,
0: like. a big bowl. Yes. Full of, yeah. So I, I, I would assume we're to believe dairy made biscuits. I guess. Would you think dairy would be the one to cook, right? Yeah. Because soda, does, soda doesn't strike me as get up early and fix some some biscuits. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then it also bothers me too because in the book it's like Pony Boy's the first one up and is the one who makes their breakfast that morning um, but then like that, just, it throws me off. Cause it's like, what, why?
0: Yeah. No I get, I get them? why they have Pony not up first, because if yeah. you have him up first, then it's like, you need to somehow show the other people coming in where if Pony walks into a house or, or walks, wakes up to a house that where people are already awake, I feel like you can move that scene along a lot faster. Yeah. Um, so, so as Pony Boy's cleaning two bit, uh, says that uh, this house ain't messy you ought to see my house and pony says I have and if you had any sen- if you had the sense of a billy goat you'd start cleaning the house instead of bumming around ours yeah um, <laughs> to which to it says if I ever did that my mom would die of shock yeah now here's one of my favorite it's kind of a visual joke um, because this shot is kind of I would say like chest up and yeah. it's a two shot of them and pony boy walks out of that shot with the st- the stuff he grabbed from the table and you see after he says if I ever cleaned started cleaning up my mom would die of shock you see two bit picking up things from the table so it your first read is okay well he started to clean up but then he steps backwards and you realize what he's been doing is putting onto a tray um the 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 entire chocolate cake <laughs> and his bottle of beer and he carries it over to the TV and and continues to watch uh continues to watch cartoons that's actually a really great little visual yeah. joke in there um because because you know he's what he's saying is yeah why would I clean we don't need to clean and he actually means it because he's yeah. not gonna help pony boy do this
1: um, so how it, does
0: that make you feel about your boy two bit though
1: um doesn't change my opinion because I already knew that about him okay and it doesn't change my opinion okay yeah
0: I he is um. a, I will say he is a we went into this project, you sort of lauding Tubit as one of your favorite characters. Like in like people yes. in this and this I do amazing. I do have to say, like in this five minute shows it again, like he's a good friend.
1: He is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um He doesn't help clean though. It would be nice.
1: Okay. In the book, this part is a different where like Ponyboy goes and it shows him like washing the dishes and Tubit's not helping him but is sitting there and is like telling him a story. And I actually like that visual of his if he's like yeah, I'm not going to help you, but, like, I'll entertain entertain you. Yeah. 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 And I'm kind of glad they cut the story out because it's supposed to be, like, really funny, and it's not at all. One of those
0: Essie Hinton humor things. and it
1: was a thing when I first read the book. I read the whole thing multiple times, and I'm like, maybe I'm just dumb, and I don't get it. And now I'm just like, yeah, it's just not funny. Like, it's a really stupid story.
0: Yeah, I do like the image of Ponyboy cleaning and 2-Bit, keeping him company though yeah so instead here you have two bit like well i'm gonna keep watching mickey mouse so yeah um so as he sits down to watch the cartoon we get uh yet another elvis needle drop uh when it rains it really pours so that starts to playing and that's our really our transition into the next scene so Mm -hmm. we uh we fade to pony boy and two bit hitchhiking uh, Tubit explains that uh, the brakes went out on his car. Otherwise, he would have driven them. He says it almost killed me and Kathy last night. And then Tubit just keeps talking. Ponyboy doesn't say anything in this exchange. He, so he says, you, um, "You ought to meet her brother." Now there's a hood boy. He's so greasy, he glides when he walks. So Tubit goes into like dad joke territory here. Yeah. Um he goes to the barbershop shop when he goes to the barber shop for an oil change not a haircut um, and as he says this he flips off a car that drives past him and doesn't stop mm-hmm. um, are these book
1: jokes these are book lines and again it's just like the thing where like i've read it multiple times and i'm like i guess it's supposed to be funny
0: oh i get them as jokes see, see, yeah i would say i would say these are different than the the jokey lines Essie Hinton writes. Yeah, these are jokes. She these are like dad jokes. These are yeah. things she's heard other people say, and she's putting them into the book because these have the construction of like actual jokes. No, they're not the kind of jokes that are funny. That's yeah. what makes them like dad jokes. But they at least make sense.
1: Yeah, these ones make sense. Yeah, but it's still like yeah, it's not that funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh yeah. I
1: will say, though, with the music that's in this, though, I wanted to bring this up. If you listen to, like, the beat of the music and then look at their foot, like, their footsteps, it, like, syncs up. Mm -hmm. So nice. And then the 83 version, there's just no music over it. And it's so cool in the 2005 version, like, how the music goes with them walking. And it's amazing. And then, like, the scene just seems so different without music
0: yeah it is interesting one of the things as we've gone through here is we were we re rewatch a lot of the scenes where um where there is songs added in and often their songs added in aren't replacing something yeah they're, they're just replacing in. you know no score or no music so um this is this is yet another i think like th- this song fits in really well so um then we we cut to a shot that's really like a camera low to the ground, where we're just looking at the feet and kind of lower legs of Tubit and Pony Boy as they're walking backwards um, up this street, hitchhiking. And this is this is actually this is a great shot because yeah. the camera is still high enough where we can see the cars in that are in the distance coming towards them, and we notice the familiar blue Mustang. Um, start to roll up behind them, and you watch both of them turn around. So you just see their feet go from kind of shuffling backwards to turning around, walking forward, and starting to walk a lot faster. Um, So then uh, they sort of cut over uh, into the parking lot of the Tasty Freeze, uh, which is a Dairy Queen-esque restaurant. Um, Tasty Freezes are also real, but they're not...
1: It's also what they go to in the book too.
0: Yeah. You? They're not Midwestern, or at least they're not Minnesota. I don't know that I've ever seen yeah, a tasty Yeah. I didn't Minnesota actually was. know
1: what that was. It's
0: like a Dairy Queen. Uh-huh. I mean, you and and I can tell that mostly from looking at like <laughs> the uh the advertisements or like the menu uh, like in uh, on the the side of the the building. Um mm-hmm. you can see that there. So, this is probably where Earlier in the movie where the little, like, almost knife fight breaks out. It's probably at this Yeah, it might have been yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so they cut into that that parking lot while well, the Mustang kind of pulls around behind it. And Tubit tells Ponyboy to stay close to him. Uh, and he asks him, you know, how many were in the car? And Ponyboy says four or five. Which I actually really like because we were having that conversation before about how many was there, how many fit in there. So yeah. Ponyboy is also... In that, was there four or was there five? Um, uh, and there's a sense that they should hurry up and get inside before they get out of the car. Uh, but then we see the car pull around, and 2-Bit stops Ponyboy from going inside the restaurant. He says, wait a minute, let's see what they want. And we see coming out of the car is Randy and three other Sochas. And they walk up to Ponyboy and 2-Bit. And there's just, there's sort of this little tense moment of kind of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, uh, 2-bit says, uh, remember, no jazz before the rumble. You know the rules, ape face. <laughs> so this is, uh, and, and I point out the ape face line because there is, uh, we're going to get a run. This is, there's a lot of like 2-bit attempted humor here. Yeah. We're going to get a run of like 2-bit picking on these other socias, mm-hmm. um, c going forward. How much of this is book stuff?
1: None of it. Not even the ape face thing. Is, None of it. So
0: how does this scene play out in the book?
1: In the book, it's like Ponyboy and Randy go off and talk, but then like he never really. Is it mentioned. the same
0: setup of getting to the Tasty Freeze though? they there? Yeah. Okay.
1: And then they go off and talk, and because like it's a story told from Ponyboy's perspective, you just never learn what two-bit and the other guys are doing. So like supposedly it'd be something like this: of he's kind of making fun of them, and I feel like it might even mention like he's kind of making fun of them a little bit but doesn't get into what he's saying
0: true so what i'm interested in is is this stuff in the screenplay mm-hmm. or is are these estevez ad libs if they just put the camera on him and say oh, yeah you know, crack wise make fun like i don't know uh for what we're gonna see here but but even ape face is not a uh
1: ape face isn't and it's funny too because if you when like pony boy and randy go off and have their conversation you can hear him still talking in the background Mm -hmm. so i kind of it i'm kind of guessing that he's kind of making it up as he goes because they're both not funny kind of sound like he's making them up as he goes and he's talking throughout the whole thing
0: yeah yeah so probably some estevez ad lib uh that we're getting here um so Randy says, you know, we know that, that there's no jazz before the Rumble. Because we need to remember, this is the morning of the Rumble now. Yeah. Um, he says, I want to talk to you. And he motions to Ponyboy. And 2-Bit kind of tells Ponyboy to to go along with him. And he says, you know, I'll keep an eye out for you. So now we get these shots back and forth of Randy and Ponyboy talking, intercut with 2-Bit and these other socias who... It's funny the way they're depicted because it's almost like they're they're such sidekick characters that it's like they're yeah. incapable of doing anything. Like Randy's the only one who really talks, and if he's not there, they're just like, uh, "What are we supposed to do?" So the stuff mm-hmm. they end up saying is real dumb. Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah, and I would say. You know, we've talked about the different range of acting performances you get in this movie mm-hmm. from the stars. These folks are definitely a step down. There's a reason yeah. that I'm not doing a deep dive on the the guys who play these uh, these Soshas. They're mm-hmm. not great, you know. But the, but they they actually there is something true about like these seem like guys who just aren't good at clever comebacks. Yeah, and 2-Bit is at least in the, within the world of the story is clever and has a and has a, a fast mouth. You yeah. Know? So um so I think that works pretty well. So we go to Pony Boy and Randy. They're uh talking over by his car. Uh and I'm I just I just wrote most of everything they said here. Uh and I think a lot of this is close to the book, right? Um as we go through this. You can you can let me know as I go. So so Randy says, I read about you in the paper. How come? And Pony Boy says I don't know. I, I feel like playing the hero, superhero or something. And Randy says, "I wouldn't have. I would have let those little kids burn to death."
1: Ooh, book. That's up till this point. It's all book.
0: Okay, um, which is really like a dark thing to say. Yeah, it now, is. Now it all it also shows, and in, and this is what's interesting about this scene is, we see Randy is actually a fairly self reflective person. Yeah. Because you have to be to say, I don't think I could have, I could have or would have done that. It's one thing to say that. It's another thing to go to the next step and say, I guess what that means is I would have let those kids die. Yeah. You know, like, like, this is clearly haunting him, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about this. Um, And we're going to see, we're going to see more because he's, um, he's somebody who's at a, a weird crossroads in his life. Um, yeah. I feel like. Um, so he says, I would have let those kids burn to death. Ponyboy says, you might not have. You might have done the same thing. Because I think Ponyboy wouldn't have thought of himself as somebody yeah. who would have done this. In the same way Johnny's instinct wasn't to do it. And Dally's instinct wasn't to do it. But they did it. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is an interesting moment. You know, kind of like, what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you do if faced in a situation like that? Um and Randy says I don't know I just don't know anything anymore I guess I just would have never believed a greaser could have pulled something like that and I love that he mm-hmm. says that as if it's like like a robbery you know yeah yeah and 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 pony boy said greaser didn't have anything to do with it like I didn't do it be- or not do it because I'm a greaser I'm just a person who did it um and from here we cut back to 2-Bit and the uh, uh, other three Soshas. Then there's two other Greasers who are kind of behind them, laughing along uh, to what to to 2-bit's, uh really clever remarks. So he starts making fun of their pa- their pants. So where the the Greasers are all in like jeans and stuff like that, the um, the Soshas are wearing like khakis and sweaters and look very preppy, even even yeah. 1960s preppy.
1: Um, so the when Pony Boy says like Greaser didn't have anything to do with it. In the book, like this this line he has is longer where he says like he's says like my friend over there like time out too, but he's like he wouldn't have done that and like you might have, but your friends might not have. Like it doesn't matter if you're a Greaser or Socia. And like there are parts in this conversation that he's gonna have with Randy that are in the book that are cut out, and every time there's a spot where it's cut out, it switches shots. Okay. So I think they actually like filmed this entire conversation and just cut out huge chunks of it because they just needed time. Like they needed to get well. That's time interesting. Out.
0: Or it may not have even been time. It may have been because if you think about that line, right, um, where Pony says, "You don't know. You might have," right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 Greaser didn't have anything to do with it. And then we cut to. The other the other versions of these two guys talking, yeah. It let it, it it maybe brings you it brings you to the question of would would this guy have or not? Um, yeah. it, it brings you to think about uh you know more people in the world, so maybe they think you know narratively you're going to get to mm-hmm. those questions anyhow.
1: But there's other parts of the conversation that they don't narratively get to those parts okay. any well. Let's let, let's let's look at like, those as we go through. Yeah, there's some big ones.
0: Okay. Um, because I feel like this conversation feels like there's stuff missing. Oh, there's in it.
1: so much more. Um so like a third of the conversation that they have.
0: So so uh Tubit is making fun of their pants. Uh we cut back to the car and Randy says, Do you want to talk inside? Um which is, I think, the indicator that Randy wants to say some stuff that he doesn't want anybody to hear. Right? Yeah, that's the idea here. So back to Two Bit, and he says, uh, "You boys waiting for a flood?" As so, their pants are short, right? Uh, and then there's a line that is confounding to me. I don't under. <laughs> I want you to explain this joke by your guy Two Bit. He says, "I hear they stamp your face into gorilla cookies." So that's it feels like a playoff of the ape face comment. Yeah. But what are gorilla cookies? Like like it's just like that's an example of that's not a clever line cuz it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, my only guess of what it could mean is that there's some kind of cookie that has a picture of a gorilla on it, but I don't know of that existing. But it's yeah. possible.
0: Neither of us were alive in the in the uh, mid '60s, so yeah, maybe so we'll like, do a future deep dive on gorilla cookies.
1: Yeah, if make, like, maybe that's a thing. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe that's like that's the only thing that would make sense. But I still am like I'm not sure if that's what that is. But
0: but that also sounds like guess. the kind of thing somebody who's like reaching for something might say. And it's like, yeah, I don't really like, like almost like started the insult before he knew what the end was going to be, and was like, uh, "This is what I got." So
1: yeah, maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah, it also could just be an Estevez ad lib, and it's it may- yeah, yeah. Um, so then we go back to Pony Boy and Randy. Now they're in the car, and Randy says, "I couldn't tell this to anyone else. My friends, I think they would think I was off my rocker or something." You know that friend of yours, the one that got burned, he might die. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, people will get hurt in the rumble, maybe even killed. So, so I mean, he's he's yeah. he's sort of thinking about like, like, like what is he? He's he's sort of stuck in this kind of meaning of life thing, and then he reflect, starts to reflect more on this sort of greaser and social thing. He says. You know you can't win. You know that, don't you? It doesn't matter if you whip us; you'll still be uh, you'll still be where you were before, at the bottom, and the soshas will still be the uh, and and, we'll, and and we'll still be the lucky ones at the top with all the breaks. It doesn't matter; greasers will still be greasers and soshas will still be soshas. It doesn't matter. Is this so? Is this book? Okay. Are there cuts in here?
1: There are really big cuts, actually. So at the beginning of this, when he's like, I couldn't tell this to anyone else, and going up to the point where he asked if Johnny might die, that's the end of this long paragraph where he talks about how Bob was actually, like, a good person. Okay, I thought, and, like, this, I yes, thought this was missing. There's this whole thing where it's actually this super good part of the book where he talks about Bob as, like, this good person, and he also talks about, like, Bob's family life, and he says that, like bob would keep on trying to like go farther and do the like worst thing he could do to try to get his parents to get mad at him but his parents never would so he kept on just going more and more extreme and randy's like if his parents just one time got mad at him he maybe would be alive and it's such this like great part
0: yeah and, and it's, it well and you know what's really great about it is who does mm-hmm. that make you think of in this book Johnny. Johnny, right? Yeah. Cuz Cause, cause you I never I mean I connect I connect Bob and Johnny in that Bob was the one who beat up Johnny, but in fact they both kind of have a similar thing. They have these parents yeah. who seem to not care for them or care about them. Now it's manifest in different ways because of their socioeconomic status. Yeah. But they're they're almost like these funhouse mirrors of each other, mm-hmm. right? Um that's a that's such a interesting thing to not have here. Can I ask another question about this? Because yes. I seemed to remember in the book, does Randy say he's not going to go to the Rumble? He
1: does. That's the other thing. Is then after he says like it doesn't matter, like Greece still be gracious, socials, all that, he then says like I'm not going to go to the Rumble, and then he even says like I might just run away, like I might just say I'm done because if I don't show up to the Rumble, um, like people won't want to be associated with me anymore and then if i do i'll hate myself so he's like i'm not gonna go i'm just gonna run away and pony boy's like yeah running away is not gonna solve your problems um and then there's actually this really good line right before they like say goodbye to each other where pony boy's like about to leave and he goes um i think you would have saved those kids hmm and they cut it out, which makes me so wow, sad. I
0: feel like they massacred this scene in they the movie. They
1: did. And again, This every-
0: might be the low point. I thought like Windricksville was something I'm not excited about. This might be the low point in the movie. Because I know my memory I'm glad you, you're reading the book along with it. Because my memory of the book was like, This is kind of a powerful moment. It is. And you watch it and it feels like what what it ends up feeling like is it feels like he has like, Randy has stuff bottled up in him that he's not saying, mm-hmm. but the point of this scene and them going into the car is that he says the things that he's never said before, but he doesn't yeah. end up saying them. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I'm interested to look for is, will we see Randy at the Rumble, in the Rumble scene?
1: I know in the book he's not the Rumble.
0: Right, but that makes sense, because I don't. Book he's- yeah. so, like
1: I don't I, think he is in the movie, because again- what in this scene, in the movie, every point where there's something cut out of the conversation, there's a switch in the shots. Like, there's a cut. So my guess is, because there's, like, a much longer version of this movie, even without, like, the 2005 release, that they filmed the entire conversation sure. and cut it down.
0: Why Why in the re-release would you not? Because what that's going to be... At most three minutes.
1: I know. And why it's would such you? Why would you not? Stuff.
0: Especially because you're already. It's not a theatrical release. You're already doing this. This seems like such an important I know. moment. We've praised Coppola a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one where it's like I don't know. Like I, I, I would love. We've talked about questions we would love to ask him, and some of them are minor and strange. This is a big one to be yeah. like. Like talk to me about the handling of this scene. Um. And you know what it could you know what it could be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm open to this. It could be that um they cut this down that this was much longer in the original original cut before the theatrical release. Yeah. They cut it down for time and when he went to redo this the footage wasn't there. It yeah. could be that this is footage that he knows exists because like it seems like a very strange choice. Even the way this scene starts where Randy says I couldn't tell this to anyone else. It's like, yeah, it feels like you just said something and he clearly did. Yeah, yeah. That's the
1: thing is he gives this whole kind of speech and like kind of spills his guts out about all this really important stuff and then says, I couldn't tell someone else. And in the movie, it's just like, you basically just said I wouldn't have saved those kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I guess. But. <clears throat> and that the, that kind of the rumble is, is unimportant, but it almost reads like he's saying the rumbles unimportant. Because you're never going to beat us. And that's yeah. not what he's saying. He's saying, like, this is, I don't know anymore. My best friend's dead. This whole thing is maybe meaningless. And maybe I just need to go. Yeah. Like, it's, I think the character of Randy is done dirty in this scene.
1: I know. And then, like, oh, they cut out so much good stuff. And yeah, it is true. Like, you really get a sense of who Randy is in the book from this conversation. And in the movie, it's like, yeah, he, like, you don't really get who he is.
0: You know, okay, interesting thought here. Mm-hmm. We have such a great cast. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things listeners to this podcast will notice is I am not doing a deep dive on Darren Dalton, the person playing Randy, mm-hmm. because he he's in Red Dawn after this, but he's not in much else. It's not that interesting of a story. You look at the cast for this movie, if you had this full scene played out, you know who would be great here? Who? Tom Cruise. Hmm. If instead of having him have play Steve who is not that much of a part, yeah. If you had Cruise play like the preppy pretty boy, which again in in 1983 he's already doing that in he plays a football star in All the Right Moves, he in in um Risky Business, he plays a like like this that would work?
1: Yeah. He would be
0: great and he would get not a huge part, but one killer scene. Yeah. This should be Cruz playing Randy with that full scene played out. I would love that. And then we could find somebody else to play Steve. Yeah. Or pff, Darren Dalton could play Steve. I don't care. Like, yeah. Like you could put anybody else there. That part's just not that good. This is a great part. This is where Cruz should have been.
1: Yeah. I, th- I agree with that, actually. That's true. Cause...
0: And it's not even like Cruz would be saddled with, oh, but I have to play one of the bad guys. Because, like... Actually, this is like a powerful yeah. like story moment of somebody coming to the realization that's like, I am not interested in this ten- these tensions anymore, and-, and I need to find a... This is a great
1: part. And it's like, even to your thing about playing a bad guy, like, I have never viewed Randy as a bad guy. Right. Ever. Like, he is a good guy to me yeah. who made a mistake early on.
0: Although I- this movie doesn't make you feel that yeah, way. Yeah,
1: it doesn't. Like, you just... It's it, it also makes the conversation feel so much weirder of like, wait, he pulled him aside to say that? Yeah,
0: what did he want to say? Yeah, what did... If uh, nothing else, even if you cut out the part about Bob, which I think is a mistake, but even if you yeah. cut out... You have to have him saying, I don't know that I'm even going to go to the Rumble. That's 25 seconds. Yes, it's like, oh, yeah. they
1: just... They do shortchange his character so much.
0: Cause I was not ready to have this conversation, when we started this, but like I really do think this is maybe this is maybe the, yeah. the the low point of the movie because this is where we we get away from. It's funny. It's both true to the book in that they don't like create something out of nothing, mm-hmm. but they cut stuff that could have easily been there. That I think I think this movie is twice as powerful if you give that whole scene I mean I, the whole yeah. movie I think is twice as powerful
1: I would agree with that because in the book this is one of the most important conversations and it's also like it is one of those things if you talk about Bob as a person of it is the reminder of like yeah this was a person that they killed who had a family yeah. and yeah. had friends who liked him Yep, and he's dead
0: yeah wow I, we, just, <sighs> we just got to the bottom of one of the problems here so as much as we like the complete novel, we would really like the actual complete novel and yes. gi- give us this scene. Oh. Give, us, give us 20 seconds more. And if we could go back in time, I think this is a great Tom Cruise role. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, so, uh, so they, get to the, they get to the end of this and, um, and Randy says, well, anyway, thanks Grease for like listening to him. And then Ponyboy starts to get out and he says, hey, I didn't mean that. Thanks, kid yeah which okay um you had mentioned well maybe he doesn't know pony boy's name but he talked about reading about them in the paper
1: yeah he should
0: so yeah so it's sort of funny and 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 it's not like his name is like ken or something it's like pony boy is a weird name yeah you would remember that
1: i don't like uh, there is a thing though of that like Kid seems to be like a term of endearment a little bit in uh, this story,
0: but it actually, when he says it, it feels it actually feels pejorative. Like you're it just does. a kid.
1: It does, but then there's other parts in the book where like it definitely feels a lot more like a term of endearment. and I think that's what she was more going for.
0: Okay, it's just the performance like, didn't do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give Randy credit. Here's my thought. Mm-hmm. Randy, this is not that big of a town. Yeah. Randy knows the Curtises. Mm -hmm. and he's like okay I'm talking to one of the Curtises that has the funny name is this Soda Pop or Pony Boy and he couldn't (laughs) remember in the moment so he said kid I'm gonna give him that credit okay (laughs) so we'll we'll give him that so anyhow um, uh, Pony Boy says it's been nice talking to you Randy using his name it's been nice talking to you Randy my name is Pony Boy and they shake hands uh, and as Pony Boy shuts the door and walks away we see a frustrated Randy honk the horn for the others to come back to the car uh, and as the Sochas walk back to the car, they and in Two-Bit in two exchange some sort of final insults <sighs> with each other. Wow. I really feel like we got yeah. to the bottom. Of- mm. So there's moments uh, throughout this podcast where I've wondered, like, what are we doing? This is what we're yes. doing. This is the kind of thing where it's like, you know, by slowing this down, it gave me time to really think about that. Um and and it is that is a it's an interesting choice. I would love to know what they filmed. Um, yes, you know. So maybe maybe what we should do, Esme, is I think, I think. On the complete novel, if you buy the DVD, Mm -hmm. I think there may be other deleted deleted scenes. scenes. Yes, I I kind of want to go back and see if there's more to that. Yes, um, because that would be interested. So maybe when we finish this project, we we can get that DVD and do a follow up on like, okay, what are the what are we seeing the deleted scenes? You know, should
1: they have cut that stuff out?
0: Maybe give ourselves say, okay, if there's let's say there's thirty minutes of deleted scenes, because that's about what I feel like
1: yeah i think that's around what it is
0: yeah like okay if you could have 10 minutes, 10 of those 30 to put back in which would you put in that'd be a good that Mm -hmm. might be a good podcast and if
1: this conversation is in there it should be this all of it should be in
0: there yes Uh. i would take this over the sunrise sunset conversation yes this is this seems more important so we've talked a lot about about anything else you want to say about book continuity or book fidelity
1: I mean, the big thing is this conversation of like you get so short change because it's such an important conversation. It's so much longer, and it also in the movie then feels so weird. Of it is like the why did he pull Ponyboy over to say this? Because it seems so unimportant.
0: I would love to actually talk to somebody who hadn't read the book, watched this, and got to that scene, and be like, tell me why, and ask them why did that happen? Yes, um, and, and and and. what frustrates me about it, too, is... So we've ended the five minutes here. I know where the, the the first lines of the next five minutes... Ponyboy says something about Randy, which is unearned then. without Yes. That. But we'll talk about that also, next time. Also, <laughs> again,
1: I want to bring up the line that Ponyboy says right before he leaves, where he says to Randy, you would have saved those
0: kids. That's huge, too.
1: Even just that line. It's such a short line. And it's so good. It also is then after that randy says thanks and that makes a lot more
0: sense mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. um so oh,
0: yeah bothers me. they they kind of massacred this moment yeah uh, uh i wonder what hinton thought
1: i kind of hope she's a little angry
0: yeah i just it's
1: because it misses the point
0: yeah i mean honestly okay this is this is too big of a statement. Because this conversation's not right, I almost want someone to remake The Outsiders as a movie to be like, can we get it? Can we really get it right now? (sighs) Yeah. Wow. Now, all this is to say, okay, so, you know, and this is part of it. We're watching this five minutes at a time. This five minutes is a low ebb. Like, I I would say, if I was, not that we've graded these, you know, we've talked about book fidelity, but just as, like, storytelling, like... This is kind of like a D plus.
1: Yeah, it's not good.
0: You know, um, it's... It, it really... it And there's other moments where I feel like this is kind of great and fun. And uh, it just... This this just, like, reeks of you're missing something. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of book fidelity, how would you rate this?
1: I want to give it, like, a four because...
0: You're going to give it that much? Yeah. Okay.
1: Because this is why. The beginning, like, the first two minutes are, like true to the book and i have to remember that those two minutes exist also what they do actually show and what they say is like word for
0: word but it's not it's like the least important part
1: yeah it it is the least important i want
0: to i want to talk you down to a three i really do (laughs) i like i want to punish this five minutes
1: i might get to a three then but uh, my only thought is like what they do show is true they do stick with it it's the cutting out what bothers me way more in movie adaptations from books is when they change things mm-hmm. and it's like they didn't change stuff they just cut stuff out
0: okay, okay. and like that's i'll give you the four then based on that if you want yeah. i want it to be a three but i'll give I'll you, give the you four.
1: oh 3.5 three
0: and a half all right three and a half. <laughs> we, we will we settle will there. settle
1: there it's just i have seen movie f- adaptations from books where they change big things and that is where I'm basing this stuff off yeah. of. It, Nothing is invented yeah, here. Yeah. That's why I go really high school for all of these is because they don't change stuff. They just cut things out or add little things in, change lines a little sure, bit. Sure, sure.
0: So. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we're giving that a three and a half. Should we do a little deep dive here? Yeah. All right. This deep dive uh, is on somebody who has been all over this movie, has at least twice won the five, appears in this five minutes. That is Elvis Aaron Presley. Um, he, I think, is actually one of the stars of the complete novel. Uh, yes. And, and, and you know, I, I should say I am not a huge Elvis fan. And when we were talking with your mom about this uh, yesterday, she was like, well, do you, like, because she's not a big Elvis fan either. She's like, well, is it good? And it's like, actually, it works. Yeah. His music works really well in it's here. It's really good. So a little bit about Elvis. He's born January 8th, 1935 in Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, His music career begins in Memphis, Tennessee in 1954, so roughly around the age of 18 or 19, um, at uh, Sun Recording Studios with producer Sam Phillips, who wanted to try to bring the sound of African-American music to a wider audience. So here's where Elvis also gets... um, One of the controversial things about Elvis is he popularizes an African-American African American musical art forms and makes it palatable to white America, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, you know the kind of cultural appropriation. So controversial figure in that way, He's not so much in its time, but as we look back on it, yeah. saying there's something you know something not not great about this. In 1955, RCA Victor uh, re- ac- acquires his contract in a deal arranged by Colonel Tom Parker, who would go on to manage Elvis for decades to come. In 1956, he had five singles reach number one on the chart. So, just in that one year, uh, Heartbreak Hotel, uh, I Want You, I Need You, I Love You, Don't Be Cruel, Hound Dog, and Love Me Tender, all of those in 1956. Mm. Um, By the end of the 50s, Elvis had seven more number ones. So, 12 number ones between 1956 and 1959. So, that's sort of the apex of his, of his like, um, career as, a, uh, as an artist with just, ch- as a chart-topping artist. Um, from 1960 to 62, Elvis has four more singles hit number one on the charts. By 1965, the setting of The Outsiders, uh, his chart-topping popularity had waned. Um, so his last, his last number one was in 1962. He only has one more number one after 1962, and that's 1969's Suspicious Minds. Um and that decline coincides with the cultural and billboard ascent of the Beatles and other kind of British mm. invasion bands. We see the Beatles 63, 64, 65, right? That's the ascent of the Beatles uh, in the American charts. And what's interesting is this cultural divide between Elvis and the Beatles is depicted in the SE Hinton book as Ponyboy explains that the greasers love Elvis while the socs were fans of bands like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that is happening in the culture at this time. Now, interestingly, along with music stardom, Elvis dreamed of being a movie star like Marlon Brando or James Dean. Uh, His first film was 1956, Love Me Tender, uh, which caused protests among fans at a, at the film's premiere when they learned that Presley's character died at the end of the film, which actually triggered the studio to change the ending of the movie so Elvis wouldn't die wow. uh, in the movie. Uh, from 1956 to 1955, Elvis starred in 19 movies. So that's in nine years he was in 19 movies, the same time he's cranking out hit records. so. I mean, he is just at the, just at the, the very apex of culture, uh, of American culture at that moment. He ends up starring in 31 films overall, not counting documentaries where he plays himself. Uh, he continues to perform and release music until his early death uh, on August 16th, 1977, at the age of 42, which always blows my mind because I'm 45 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm three years older than Elvis ever got to be. Um, so he ends up dying at a very young age. Uh, As we've talked about, the original theatrical cut of The Outsiders in 1983 contains no songs from Elvis... Um, but the complete novel includes six songs. Blue Moon, Tomorrow is a Long Time, which appears at least three times in the film. Mystery Train, We're Gonna Move, Milky White Way. And as we saw in this five minutes, when it rains, it really pours. Um, so Elvis, I think, is actually one of the stars of the complete novel. So I thought it was worth doing a little bit of a little bit of deep dive on him. Um, it's interesting because like I'm he's somebody that I'm just so aware of, even though I'm, like I said, I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of him. But I didn't realize in that, especially, you know, 1956 to 59, how culturally dominant he is. Like, you go to the movies, you're seeing Elvis at the movies. If you're listening to popular music, you're hearing hit after hit after hit from Elvis. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and those are just the songs that reach number one on the charts. Mm -hmm. He's got plenty that are, like, you know, topped out at two or three or seven. So, like, he's all over the place. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, should we give out an award? Yeah. All right, so who won the five? Uh, I have some possible nominees here. Um, Notice on this list I am not including Francis Ford Coppola because, come on, that conversation. Uh, C. Thomas Howell as Ponyboy Curtis. Emilio Estevez as 2-Bit Matthews. Um, I threw in Patrick Swayze as Derry. He's in this a little bit. I just... Mm. There's so little Swayze in this movie. I like to put him in when yeah. I can. And then Dar- Darren Dalton as uh, Randy Anderson. Um, I don't have a strong feeling here.
1: Okay. I don't really either, but I want to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Darren Are you going to do it? Dalton oh. Just oh, because. Okay. This is why. He actually, from what we see, does a really good job, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And it's not his fault that they cut stuff out.
0: That's true. That's that, true. That's
1: my thinking. Is like he, I think, in this five minutes is kind of does the best job. And the reason that I don't like the scene, it's not his fault at all. It's just because they cut it down.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I like to, and the way he says some lines makes it seem like they had the full conversation. Sure. Sure. And the emotion seems right for that full conversation.
0: Can I point out, even at a moment where we Mm -hmm. looked at the four, that the people, the four people, our nominees were like, I don't know. None of them jump out to me entirely. We're still, not giving it to C Thomas Howell.
1: Yeah, not He's, it's not even close. Also the crazy thing with the conversation too he has with Randy, I realize I'm going back to that.
0: That's all right. This is what we're here for.
1: He doesn't say like anything. Yeah. In the book, Ponyboy says a little bit, but like in the movie, it's like nothing. He kind of just sits there.
0: Yeah. And his best parts of that conversation as you'd mentioned are are excised from yeah. the from the the cut of the film that we don't hear him saying, I think you would have saved those kids. Yeah. Man, that's such a hammer uh. of a line. Hinton, Hinton wrote great dialogue. Yes, that she, should be so easy to put did on the screen. Some <laughs>
1: great writing. Like, she is such a good writer. She's not funny, but she's such a good writer. Yeah, and they yeah. cut out some amazing lines and kept in all the bad jokes. Oh,
0: here's my takeaway from this episode, Mims. Mm-hmm. I want to go listen to the audiobook of this scene. Like, go back to the Outsiders audiobook and yeah. listen to this scene. Because what's funny is it's been a while since I read the book. But I got to this scene, and I just kept feeling like, I thought he said this, and I thought this happened, and I thought this scene had such emotional resonance, and it kind of is just not quite inert, but Mm -hmm. close. Like It's it's, it's not great. So um, I'm with you, though. I think I'm happy to give this to Darren Dalton because I don't think –
1: It's not his fault
0: it's not his fault I think I think that Swayze's not in it enough Mm -mm. I think that this is not peak Estevez in this movie he's kind of rough actually in this movie in this this, I think between the dad jokes and the his
1: insane laughter
0: yeah and the sort of ad libby insults that don't make a lot of sense Uh I'm not loving that and I do think if it comes down to C Thomas Howell and Darren Dalton, I think Dalton's real good yeah. here. So the uh the award goes to Darren Dalton. Congratulations C Thomas Howell. I assume you still have one coming? Maybe? I I, I mean we're looking for you. We're looking yeah, to we're see Yeah, we're trying. You have to earn it though. Mm-hmm. Clearly that's at this point we have done uh 15 episodes, 75 minutes of this movie. You need to earn the five. Mm-hmm. Um that is all the time that we have. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Channel3900 at gmail.com. Let us know if you think we are wrong and that Coppola edited this the right way and that we uh, we got just what we needed out of this conversation in the car and the stuff we're looking for would have just made the movie long and sappy. Uh, if that's the case, let us know. Channel3900 at gmail.com. If you think C. Thomas Howell should have won the five, if you think we should have nominated Coppola or Elvis for this five, let us know let us know channel 3900 at gmail.com that is all the time that we have but we will be back next week to talk about minute 75 to minute 80 until then stay gold